0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: When you come to a fork in the road, take it. Yogi Berra.
2: Literally almost every day. It rained like the first... It was four days it rained like the first two and a half days like it rained on us and when we got up to higher elevations it snowed like like when we got to hurricane pass it was it was actually it was honestly pretty scary and it it was snowing so hard on us that like it was starting to obscure obstruct like trail and you and we couldn't see where the trail was going so as we made our way up the pass like we see the trail fading and fading so we're like kind of going off and trying different directions and like like we're using we're using the compass and everything but like there's a bunch of switchbacks we just didn't we just didn't see down that down that uh, mountain so it was it was fine like we were just stressed out because like we don't want to freaking set up camp down here i have to hike back and like set up camp somewhere else
1: i'm doc and this is the john freaking mirror pod Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up
0: those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck.
1: Welcome back to another week on The Trail, Dirtbags, and Hiker Trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaky Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute to help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. Well, this week, we are talking to a city boy who went from no experience with and no interest in the outdoors to a total convert who is currently living the van life and hiking everywhere he can. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Dylan Lopez. How's it going, Dylan?
2: Great, uh, great. I'm actually off away from the van right now. I just came back to New York City. I'm in the Upper West Side, actually. And um, it's weird being back in civil- civilization. It's weird smelling good.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had to juggle this around a little bit. We had some conflicts, and I know you're leaving soon to head to the, yeah. the West Coast in the van. And uh, I appreciate you being flexible and, and getting this interview in.
2: Oh, of course, of course. Anytime. Yeah, I'm heading to uh, Jasper and Banff when I head back out there. So, pretty stoked for that.
1: Nice, nice. That should be epic. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll be, be sick. I've never been out there before. I've been, I was spent like a few weeks in Tofino Island, and that was awesome. Pacific Rim National Park was really cool. But, um, yeah, no, I'm stoked to get out there.
1: Fantastic. Hey, there is an American long trail tradition of handing out trail names when you're out on the trail. Uh, it's usually yeah. based on maybe your point of origin or maybe some peculiarity you might have or maybe yeah. some incident that happens on the trail have yeah. have you been assigned a trail name in all of your uh, your your uh, adventures out there
2: so i have been assigned one um i was actually hiking the ray lakes loop in kings canyon national park and i ran into a bunch of pct hikers that were super cool and i had this giant bag of fruit loops and everyone was like, kind of like just sharing food or whatever. They're like, "Oh, Dylan, what do you got?" And I'm like, oh, "I got this big bag of Fruit Loops in it. And it was just like, "Boom, we got your trail name your Fruit Loops now."
1: Fruit Loops, I love it, man. That's great. <laughs> of all the possibilities out there, Fruit Loops—that's pretty good.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, I was like, I'll take it. It was so interesting because, like, I was wasn't didn't really know much about trail names, and it's like seeing grown men being like, "Oh, well, hi," like you can call me Spinewalker. I'm like, "Oh, word." <laughs> that's different <laughs> first and last name spine Walker, or
1: yeah we, i had a similar experience we were doing a test of our gear we were getting ready to do our first uh, multi-day hike we did a test of our gear out in acton aguadulce at the koa and uh we did a, a short segment maybe 10 10 12 miles of the pct and uh that morning you know we, we ran into our first pct hiker and said hey how you doing you know and we kind of introduced ourselves and he goes yeah hi i'm i'm cheese i'm like hey, okay <laughs>
2: It always it like threw me off the first few times. I'm like, oh, okay, Stumbleweed. Okay, cool, cool. Nice to meet
1: you. My like, <laughs> <that> name's Dylan. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, today you're Fruit Loops. Hell yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, Fruit Loops, have you had a chance to listen to the podcast before? Yeah, I've actually listened to a few episodes. I listened to one. Oh, who's the guy
2: with that crazy big beard? Um, it was... Did I beat like He's a friend. He's, he's been, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, that was awesome. That was a funny one. That one. And with, I think it was Kate. Um, yeah. She
1: did the, yeah, she did like AT and the PCT. Yeah. Kate Cloud. Two. Her, uh, her yeah. name is Ink Feathers or yeah, Feathers Kate. or feather. one of those two. Yeah. They're, they're actually friends. They know each other. So.
2: Oh, really? Oh yeah. Cause I remember she mentioned that it was like a part of the segment when she mentioned him and I was like, oh, let me check out his podcast as well. He's right. like a cool dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, I only ask because I want to make sure that you are aware of a segment that we have towards the end of the podcast um, where I'm going to ask you for the pro tip inside of the week. And that's a, a where you will share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. So don't be surprised when we get there. Oh, for sure. Okay. The
0: Must Bring Gear Review.
1: All right. Hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, Six Moon Designs. And here's how it works. Fruit Loops, if you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So Fruit Loops, what is your must bring piece of gear out there?
2: So I don't even know if I would qualify this as gear, but it's something that I need to bring no matter what. I burnt bees, fat sick. My very first backpacking trip was actually in Teton National Park, and it was a nightmare for from beginning to end. But one of the most uncomfortable parts about the trip is that my lips were so chapped they were like bleeding for days. And my, my friends were just like, "Don't even look! Don't even look at me! Like I can't look at those lips! Like disgusting!" <laughs> it's something, so out, of, something out of a, a horror fiction. show oh my gosh, it was gross. <laughs> when I posted on Instagram, my little brothers was like, they tagged Aquaphor and all these other companies like, please help this guy. Like,
1: He's a mess. Nice. Yeah. I mean, sunglasses, uh, chapstick or Burt's Bees, um, you know, taking care of those eyes and the lips. I think people maybe aren't accustomed to, to how much sun they're going to get out there and how much exposure. That's important stuff.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're so high up, it's so easy to dry out. Like I think the the highest I got up there was like Paintbrush provide, which is like 10, a little over ten thousand feet or something
1: like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was I was fantastic. <laughs> okay, good recommendation. Thank you. And what kind of uh, what kind of gear? What what kind of other gear do you carry out there? What's your pack look like?
2: Um. So typically, shelter wise, I'll do like just a tarp or just tarp setup. Um. I'll do. I usually you bring a camp stove. I don't do soaking or anything like that. That's a little bit too gnarly for me, and uh, uh, just basically you know ten essentials. I try to keep it as bare bones as possible. I have like an
1: ultralight, one of those ULA bags, so try to just keep it minimal now. Right now, do you have a favorite tarp pitch? Favorite tarp setup?
2: Honestly, this is ridiculous, but I just I bought when I
1: first started one of the
2: things I was just like, oh I can get a get a I just bought something off Amazon. I was like, right, this works. Like, <laughs> let's set it up. I just use my trekking poles and I have I do love my sleeping pad. I use the um the Nemo Tensorite. Mm-hmm. That is freaking amazing. Oh my gosh. I went from like Amazon basic like $30 thing and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna spend money on this because it just deflates on me every day for the past few years of hiking. So <laughs>
1: Nice. Now there are a bunch of ways you can set up your tarp. Different different configurations. You know, from the typical A-frame to you know uh, um, the the plow to uh, the asymmetrical Holden. I mean, there's a whole genre of YouTube videos out there that you can just go down yeah. the rabbit hole and and just watch for hours on end about different ways to set up your tarp depending on the the elements and the conditions out there.
2: Yeah, yeah. I usually just set them up, stake both my um, my and poles in the ground. Tie them to that, and then fasten them with like stakes around, mm. and that's been great. I've been like, I've done it with some pretty crazy windy situations, and like snow and rain, and it's been like, it's held up so far. So nice. that's how I usually set them up. Okay, how do you do it? How do you hike? How do you? Uh, what's your shelter oh, like?
1: So I have I've done both. I've done both uh, tarp and tent. I went through a tarp phase where I was trying to be ultralight, and uh, yeah. my, my my favorite setup with the tarp was an asymmetrical holding which kind of gives you some exposure to the night sky so you can be laying down and, and watching the stars out there. Uh, but, but more recently I've gone back to a tent. So oh, right
2: on. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm just like, I love losing the weight. I'm just like, Oh man, one less thing to carry one less thing to set up and break down I'm like yeah. Uh, yeah. Sign me up.
1: Yeah. There's a balance out there though. I mean, there's a balance between weight and also, you know, comfort. I mean, you don't want to be, yeah. you know, suffering out there. It, it's nice to have yeah. uh, the stuff you need. Um, if you're willing to carry that weight, so.
2: Oh yeah, totally. It's definitely all about balance. Like it shows up to me on cowboy camp every, every freaking day.
1: <laughs> okay. Nice. All right, I'm here rolling, we go. The it's the hiking pole. All right. So we've got the hiking pole next and is P-O-L-L, pole is P O L L not P O L E. So it's not what you hold in your hands out there. This is a seven mm-hmm. question survey. That's going to help me determine your level of sanity. On a scale of one to 100 with one being completely insane and 100 being completely sane now if I were to ask okay. your friends Dylan uh where where they would rank you on that scale of sanity where, where do you think uh, most of them would put you what, what number probably would they
2: put me pre- so all my friends are like typical city boys city girls so like the fact that I even go out and doing these things I think I'm a, I'm a crazy person like I think I'm pretty normal but like if you ask my friends like just urban dwellers like living in their apartment, not really going outside as much. So, like, I'd be nuts.
1: <laughs> so you think they'd score you below 50 or over 50? They just, they'd score me below one. Below one. Wow. That's like. That's they put really me in the negatives. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I nice. know
2: that I'm pretty normal.
1: All right. So we have seven questions and you would think with the, with the name of this being the hiking poll, it would be about hiking, but really. I've uh, taken the last few episodes to kind of diverge from from hiking questions and we're just talking we're wrestling with the big life questions out there and want to see where you stand on some of these issues. And we could really devote an episode to each one of these questions, but we'll kind of we'll kind of go through. It's good to hear your answer on this, see which side of the fence you fall on, and then also don't be afraid to justify your answer. Yeah, totally. Okay. So first question, big question. Does pineapple belong on pizza?
2: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Nothing else. Just pineapple? Just pineapple. That's all I put there. I, just, I don't even do cheese anymore. I just put pineapple on it. I'll make the pizza and that's it.
1: That's bold. <laughs> that's bold right there. Okay. <laughs> Question number two Do you roll your toilet paper over or under? Oh, I don't even pay attention to that. I'm a crumpler no? though. I don't even pay attention to that. Over under? I don't care. I just, I'll,
2: I'll, I'll, Smack on the roll until it until it comes out.
1: <laughs> so either way, it's not,
2: pay to that.
1: it's not a big issue. To you either way, it's fine.
2: Nah, okay, i don't pay attention. Okay. I, I will say I'm not a folder though. I'm a, I'm a crumpler.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> this this is kind of a tangent to this question. That's that, no no one's ever said that before, Dylan. So this is this is good. You're not a crumpler. You're not a folder. No, I, a am, I am. I'm a
2: crumpler. Absolutely.
1: Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Are you a Question number
2: three. Say that again. Are you a folder or a crumpler?
1: I'm a crumpler. I'm a crumpler. I got it. Uh, yeah. I know I like yeah. your dog. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We're, we're, you know, we had this kinship already. I can feel it.
2: I already feel it.
1: Okay. Question number three cats or dogs?
2: Mm, that's a tough one. I'd probably say dogs, but like cats aren't too bad either. But if I was to pick one, it would be a dog.
1: And are you a big dog kind of guy, a little dog or somewhere in the middle?
2: I like somewhere in the middle. I really think like if I was to get a dog, it'd probably be like an Australian shepherd or something. like super smart, not terribly big, not like an annoying little rat. yeah,
1: Australian back shepherd. to back to the poop yes. question, kind of kind of related. you you'd never want to get a dog that has bigger poop than you. That's my that's, that's my like kind of theory. That's- <laughs>
2: That's a good, that's a solid, that's a solid like strategy. Just like cut out your dogs. If you're looking for, looking for right. a new one in the market, it's like, okay, like maybe not a Doberman. Maybe we'll do a
1: Poodle. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Question number four. Do you use the Oxford comma? I barely know how to use a regular comma. I definitely, definitely don't use an Oxford one. <laughs> okay. So to, to clarify, uh, in the sentence, the flag is red, white, and blue. How many commas in that sentence? I don't use the one with the and. Oh, you don't, don't use that, that? That is the Oxford yeah. comma. You yeah, don't I know. Use, yeah, I know. You don't use the Oxford comma. Uh, that, that is disappointing to hear, Dylan.
2: I'm a minimalist. I'm sorry. I pack light even with my grammar.
1: <laughs> nice. I pack light even with my grammar. Okay. You know, it's like, like, like I said. I, I like the justification. Uh, I like to hear the argument behind the answer because you know it. it, it I want to see what how your mind works.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can. If I can get away with as little words as possible. You, I'll, I'll do that.
1: <laughs> right? You, you ever a big fan of The Office?
2: Oh yes,
1: yes. Remember the episode where Kevin was trying to use as few words as possible <laughs> to uh, increase his productivity.
2: Less, less words gets more time for That's other right. things.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Question number six. Inter- interested to hear the New York perspective on this. Uh, Is a hot dog a sandwich?
2: What the? No. No. It's a, no. <laughs> it's a hot dog.
1: A hot dog's a hot dog. It's not a sandwich. No, it's a hot
2: dog. Hot dog's a hot dog. Definitely okay. not a sandwich.
1: All right. It's Dylan, what's your, what's, your definition, what's your definition of sandwich? Uh, here's the definition of the sandwich, ready?
2: I need, it needs to be sandwiched, sandwiched up, down, it needs to be stacked, and no open, see, for a hot dog, for me, it could be a, it could be a sandwich, if you put a hot dog in, like, two big buns, then I'd be like, okay, that's a hot dog sandwich, but I would not
1: say a hot dog is just a sandwich, it's a hot dog, like, with a tr- traditional bun and everything. What disqualifies a hot dog from being a sandwich? Not enough coverage of the buns. It's too open-faced. So you would argue then that open-faced sandwiches aren't really sandwiches either? No, nah, it's, it's
2: open face. Actually, maybe they should be a sandwich. I don't know. <laughs> Doc, you're going to questioning everything now, man.
1: <laughs> Taking a different look at life. That's what we're doing here. Jeez. Uh, all right, question number seven your most useful skill in case of a zombie apocalypse?
2: So I'd probably say like if I'm trying to get into a group or a squad, I'd probably pitch being like so I work as a, I used to work as a PA before I like did this I left and did this van like thing. So I did orthopedics for a while, so like did a lot of like reducing fractures, putting popping back in dislocated joints. I worked in the OR bunch, so probably say that medical experience and training.
1: Okay, so if someone gets bit by the zombie, you'd be the person to uh, to go to, to to hack off that limb.
2: Well, it depends what kind of zombie we're talking about, but like,
1: like if it's Grateful
2: Dead zombie, you have to just take him out, right?
1: No, but if your buddy, if your buddy who is not a zombie gets bitten by the zombie, I mean, you're the guy that's going to take the arm off. To save him oh yeah, I would, I would take
2: the. Yeah, I would take the arm off. Totally. Totally. I not mean, I, I I thought that was part of my training, but like I'm down. I can do that.
1: <laughs> Have him bite on a stick, and here we go.
2: <laughs> Give him a couple of drinks, and
1: let's party. Okay. All right. Let me do some quick math here, and arrive at that score. We're gonna carry the two. We're gonna divide by pi. And okay. Take that. We're gonna multiply by the root root of five. And uh let's see, let's uh adjust for the atmospheric pressure at 14,500 feet five feet, which is the the altitude of Mount Whitney, and you come out with a 55. I'm not that crazy. 55. You're not that sane either, though. No, no, definitely not that sane.
2: Yeah. <laughs> sane people don't live in vans.
1: <laughs> well, let's let's hear about let's hear about van life. What uh yeah. What what pushed you to kind of leave normal trappings behind of a civilized life and move everything into a van?
2: So I would definitely say it has a lot to do with like my upbringing. Like I came up in a pretty conservative family, and like everything was always much, so, very much so. Like I, right, you finish high school, you go to college. You finish college, you go to grad school. You finish grad school, you work. You get a wife, get kids, sell down. That's it. And like, especially with COVID, like it was a real eye opener with like, like nothing's really guaranteed, you know, like you don't know, like you're, you can have all these plans and aspirations to do all this traveling or see the things you want to see. But like, if you don't just do it, you may not, you don't know what life brings, you know? So I was just like, it was something I've always wanted to do was to travel and explore these places. I'm just like,
1: I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Let's explore that a little bit. Dylan, how old are you?
2: I'm 28.
1: 28. So I'm I'm about uh, 25 plus years older than you. Got a lot of experience in what? my career and profession. And so let, let's talk about COVID. When COVID hit, and it kind of kind of turned the world on its ear for a couple of years. You know, you have you have uh, a bunch of us older folks who kind of keep going and, and continue down the path we've already established. But how do, how does this? How did COVID and the way that all played out, how did that affect the younger generation and their their concepts of work and uh, you know being productive members of society and kind of you know what their career is and and what's available to them and I think I think with a lot of people working from home for for an extended period of time, I think it reshaped a lot of the perspectives of our of our younger generations. Is that is that true?
2: yeah and i you know i would definitely say it depends on what fields you're working in right like like i worked in the medical field like my day-to-day well it was a little bit crazier during that like big month especially in new york city like where it was like the epicenter or whatever right but um it depends what you do like i personally i'm like very sociable i like interacting with people like I like talking and if i had to work from home i would have gotten nuts so like how it shaped like shaped people's perspective i think like it showed that a lot of work can be done like online for a lot of these jobs like business or marketing i'm not gonna pretend like i know what they do on a day-to-day because i don't Mm -hmm. but i think it gave a lot of people that idea that like oh you can do a lot of this stuff remote and i think there's some benefits to that to the the individual but i think that also hampers a lot of other things right like it's great to be able to like if you're really into traveling and seeing the world and exploring like i think it's awesome to be able to work from home sounds amazing like you you can travel wherever you want get airbnbs in different parts of the world and and you can do a lot of exploring while still not leaving your job or skipping a beat and on the contrary to that i think like social interaction is super important just for everyone and it's too easy to stay in your bubble at home and like just not really go out and see much. So it's like pro and con. I don't know if that answered your question, but.
1: I think it's a good discussion. Um, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to stipulate right now that I don't have the facts on this. I I just have my (laughs) own anecdotal experiences and the people that I've talked to on this podcast and what I've seen out in the world, it seems to me that we've got more people who are kind of choosing to drop out of what's expected of them in society and are doing things like walking for 2,600 miles from Mexico to Canada yeah. or who are yeah. living in vans and seeing the country and working remote that way. Yeah. Um, I, I. Like I said, I don't have the stats on that, but it just seems to oh, be yeah. more of that happening today than at any other previous time in the last 20, 25 years.
2: No, oh, absolutely. I agree with you. Like, I don't know, again, I don't know the stats either, but it seems like that's the trend. Like I've known, I met a lot of people who are like, who have left until live in South America for a few months or have gone to Europe for a few months, like literally just like left, like, like all right, I'm done. Like, I like, this, this is where I'm going to be at for a while. And like, I don't know. I think it really, for me, for, again, my personal perspective was like, nothing's guaranteed, uh, I think it robbed a lot of people. A lot of people felt robbed. Like people had plans. People had like things they wanted to do during that time. And like COVID really like like cramped that a lot. Yeah. Like you really hindered that. So I think people have a lot of built up uh, like need for travel. And mm-hmm. I think that's a big reason why people are just going out and realizing like, hey, like life is short. Let's just, let's go and let's do it.
1: Yeah. And I think, before, before Brenda in Tennessee writes in and, and corrects me with some some statistics out there. Brenda, <laughs> hang on, just hang on a second. Um, you take I think, it easy, Karen. <laughs> I think back in in March of 2020, before we understood exactly what was what was going on and the whole world shut down. I mean, people will. I, I think people were worried that they're going to catch this, they're going to die, and a lot of people did, and uh, it was very serious. But I think that really put things in, into perspective for folks. And they said, you know what, you' you only get one go around here. And absolutely. If if you know, who knows what's coming next, I'm gonna live my life and do what I want to do. Yeah, I think that was
2: very well said. Like exactly. Like you only you only go around everyone only gets to go around once. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know people have different religious beliefs and everything like that. But like, all right, everyone goes around once. If you take that as a basic truth, then like to not do everything that you're aspiring to do or that you dream about doing would be kind of like not waste, almost like wasteful. I mm-hmm. think COVID like blessing in disguise, like, like obviously not a good thing that it happened but I think it opened a lot of people's eyes to that uh, facet of life. That it's like, like, it kind of takes you out, it took everyone out of that normal like routine, 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 wake up, go to work, wake up, go to work and then you die. But um, right. <laughs> But yeah, I think like I agree. I can really open people's eyes to that.
1: Yeah, and Brenda, stop stop typing on the keyboard right now because I, I don't want you thinking I'm minimizing COVID and its impact. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I've got all my shots. Uh, I know how deadly <laughs> the disease was with the the Delta variant and how you know how, how it's still impacting people today. But I'm just saying that uh, back in March of 2020, it was really a big unknown. And I think it was a a really big wake up call for a lot of people who may have been stuck in, in jobs that maybe they were, you know, not fully, fully vested in, weren't, uh, you know, feeling, feeling the passion for their jobs. And they're thinking, you know what, if, if I'm going to die, you know, next month because of this, what haven't I done? And I think that they had an impact on the way people, you know, kind of, uh, see how they should live their lives. Oh, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Like, and like more power to them. Like I think, I mean, that's great. I mean, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah.
1: And if your name is Brenda and you're in Tennessee, I just want to say that I've never received an email from you. That's just a, <laughs> a made up name, just as an example. Don't don't take offense. Um, but I have I have received some some angry emails from a few folks uh, after after certain episodes. So I just want to make sure that everybody understands where I'm coming from here.
2: They must have not heard the intro to the podcast. They don't like it. Just
1: keep that to yourself, right? That's right. <laughs> just keep it to yourself. That's right. <laughs> No, no. Don't DM me
2: either. I don't want. I don't want any DMs from any Karen's or Brenda's or anything. I'm gonna ignore it. I I barely even check my Instagram, so don't
1: don't don't do it. (laughs) All right, hey Froot Loops. Let's uh, let's back up a little bit before we get too far down the trail. We'd love to hear about your background, kind of where you grew up, sports and hobbies that you played, uh, maybe in high school, and how did you get involved in the outdoor adventure cult? Because you know, yeah, it's it's. I think I have a feeling that it's not a traditional trajectory. Where you know city boy then becomes uh, involved in van life and and doing as much hiking as he can. So I'd love to hear how that all came about.
2: Yeah, totally, totally. So I was born in. I originally was born and lived in Queens until I was like seven or eight, and then my family moved out to Long Island, New York, and I lived. I kind of grew up there until I graduated um, from college, and then I went back to the city for PA school. And I lived there for the last six years until I left to live in the van. Um, yeah, that's basically where I grew up and where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And Brothers then, and
1: sisters? Oh yeah, I have. A, I'm the oldest of four. There's four of us. Oldest of four, and are you the trendsetter of the family? Are your other three siblings now <laughs> uh, deciding that they want to live in a van as well? most certainly not i am the <laughs> i'm the
2: freak of the family that is for sure i brought him it was so funny i brought him to yosemite like they met me up on uh, my yosemite part of the trip and they were like what's with all of the walking i can't do the walking anymore there's no ac to and i'm like that what do you think hiking is <laughs> just walk everywhere like <laughs> it was it was just so funny hearing them like uh, classic <laughs>
1: But, and do they, um, does the rest of the family think you're crazy? Do they think there's something a little bit off about you? Oh,
2: my God. Yeah, they think
1: I'm nuts. My dad, I think when
2: I first told my dad that I was going to quit my job and live in a van, he was like, that is the stupidest thing I have heard in my entire life. <laughs> He's come around since, but it's super funny. Like not They were not about it, it, off, it which is fair, it, I mean.
1: It like went a, down pretty much as, as we would expect it to go down. Um, exactly. Telling exactly. your parents that you're going to do this. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. They're like, you went to all this schooling, and you make good money, and you have a great job, and you're, you're <laughs> a living a man.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. What did you have a lot of outdoor experience growing up? Did you guys do camping? No. 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 Not do any of that. So
2: I, I was really into sports. Like, I played almost everything under the sun. Volleyball was my big sport. Um, but I also played soccer, I played baseball, I played a lot of pickup basketball and football. Like, I played everything growing up. And then uh, I actually got into the outdoors in grad school. So, like, I think it was, like, when I graduated PA school. So, like, I think it was, like, five years ago when I first got into it. And it was from my buddy, actually. I saw, a, I saw his background and his screensaver. And it was of Bryce Canyon like a beautiful picture of all the hodos, hoodos, hodos. and I was just like wow it's an amazing wallpaper man like where'd you get that where'd you download it from <laughs> like where'd you what, what website do you find he's like dude I took that like I was out I was out hiking and I was like wow that's insane so that was like right before summer our summer break so I called up one of my buddies from college I was like hey man we gotta do like a hiking road trip like and just hit a bunch of parks in, uh in, in like Utah and Arizona, we'll see as much as we can. We'll do a ton of hiking. He's like, Yeah, it sounds awesome. So we go out and we, f- we fly out there. We rent a car and we don't have any gear. We, we didn't fly out there with any gear at all. We have nothing. So what we do was like, Okay, we'll go to Walmart and we'll buy everything. So we bought a ton of stuff. We were like, Okay, we're not going to do backpacks. We don't know anything. We're just going to car camp and we're going to hike. So we buy all the stuff from walmart i think we hiked um what is it we did zion national park bryce canyon um grand canyon and antelope canyon lake powell area Mm -hmm. so we did we did all that in like three weeks or so and then at the end of the trip we like had all this like we had this tent that we like we shared and all of our gear, and we went back to Walmart and we were like we are gonna return all of this. Now. <laughs> so we went to Walmart and we just like we like, can we return all of our gear and then, can we just return this like with like the rip boxes and everything and they were like, ah uh, yeah I guess so. <laughs> so not the not the most the most honest thing in the world. But <laughs> we were broke college kids so we're like ah, like this is what we'll do.
1: So I've heard a lot about first trips. i uh, come across a lot of people, and they've they've shared their first experiences out there and how they they got outfitted. I have to tell you, this is the first time that I've had a guest share that they got fully outfitted from Walmart. That's typically not not uh, Walmart got a lot not, of stuff. It's
2: not your REI?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not bad mouthing Walmart, uh, but it's not. Yeah, you're right. It's not. It's not REI, right? Or or uh, <laughs> other outfitters like that. You know, oh, they've got sure. a lot of stuff, but you know how how. How well did the Walmart gear serve you on that trip? Like, It
2: wasn't until I got seriously into hiking, bad in that I realized I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even buy a sleeping pad. Like, we didn't even buy sleeping pads. We slept on the ground, and we had, like, pillows we brought from home. <laughs> we, like, we slept on that. <laughs> it's like, talk about, like, just figuring it out on the go. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. But uh, the Walmart equipment, like, was fine. I mean, we just got a tent, and then that was it we knew i didn't buy hiking poles or anything i was just, we just like it was only day hikes so we didn't idea.
1: okay that's what i was gonna ask was it was it pretty much day hikes or, or were you guys doing some multi-day adventures out there no no that was
2: like we we went to speak to a ranger because we wanted to try doing a backpacking trip because my friend like really got me it was it was like when he was telling me all about it like, sounds awesome but the rangers once the rangers started explaining what it entails we like looked at each other and we're like uh maybe another time (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna stick with the day hikes (laughs) we're gonna pass on that
1: okay now you've mentioned pa school a couple of times for those uh for those out there who may not be familiar with that what is pa school
2: oh yeah so it's a physician assistant so it's very it varies by state like different states have different laws and rules in new york they have actually have a lot of autonomy so we can we assist in the operating room um i do orthopedics so like there's a fracture or dislocation like or a constant er the pa is the one who sees you they'll evaluate the patient they'll determine they'll send the x-rays to the physician if they need surgery we book them for the oa and get them ready for the case um and then we handle patients on the floor and they can also work in so many different settings like almost across any kind of specialty and whether it be in an office or hospital based you can do a lot um if people are familiar with nps they're very similar to that just a different um training. I know. I think MPs, the way it's, it's usually described, is they're trained off the nursing model, as opposed to PAs. more of a medical. They try, they try to model it after um, medical school.
1: Okay. And, that's, and is that that's how? Like, is, is that what you're currently doing to pay the bills and finance your adventures? You're still using your your PA background to uh do that? Kind no, of no. I'm just blowing
2: through cash right now. Honestly, <laughs> um, I am. So I live pretty cheaply I don't ever really like other than rent when I lived in Manhattan like everything was pretty affordable like I didn't buy nice things or anything so um I had a ton of money saved and I kind of just I have a website that like for beginner backpackers and hikers so I kind of like just for how to is to guide guide people because like for me I didn't know anything it would be nice to have a guide like that so that's why I have that and that makes me some money but not like enough
1: to live off of like that. Yeah, do you, you point new backpackers in the direction of Walmart to get to satisfy all no. their, their hiking <laughs> needs?
2: Get outfitted by your local Walmart. <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely not. Don't go to Walmart. I don't, I don't recommend
1: that. It's terrible yeah. idea. So other than the website, I mean, do you have any other source of income at this time? You're, you're, or are you're you just you're blown through what you say before? Blown through what I
2: say before? Yeah. Um, yeah, makes like I said, some money off of ads and uh, affiliate sales, but like not, not a whole lot. I plan on starting working again probably in October or November, depending on how my licensing works out and whatnot.
1: Okay. Hey, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna get into some nitty gritty of your uh, your first backpacking trip out there. We're gonna talk about some type two adventure and hear oh, yeah. more about uh, about van life. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. Welcome back. We're talking to Fruit Loops, also known as Dylan Lopez, about uh, how a city boy from New York City has found himself living in a van and doing as much hiking as he can across the country. And so I'm, I'm really intrigued about your first backpacking trip. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. So the
2: same buddy who's screensaver i saw like what got me into going on my first hiking trip he was like hey man we're gonna go i'm gonna do a backpacking trip in grand Teton national park we're gonna do the Teton crest trail i was like i don't know what that is is. never heard of grand Teton national park but i'm down let's do it so me and my other buddy tom um we went out and we we were like okay like we're gonna get all the gear and he gave us a whole list of things to get and i'm super cheap so like i tried to cut corners every single way i could um
1: which is not a great idea but, uh, yeah, we had a few gear fails during that hike for sure. <laughs> so what, uh, tell me, tell me the consequences of the gear that you bought, the corners you tried to cut and how, how it impacted the gear fails.
2: Okay. So we'll start with the tent. The tent I got was just given to me by my uncle. And he was like, he's like, "Oh, I got a tent for you. It's perfect. Like, yeah, take this." And I was like, "Oh, sweet, That's perfect. Let's do it." I didn't, I didn't try it out. I didn't open it. I didn't take it out of the bag and do anything. I just, I just took it, threw it in my the backpacking bag. And I was like, "All right, tent, checked off." When we arrived at the park, and at, we, we car camped the first day before we went backpacking, and I set up my tent. And my friend Joe, the one who's like who's super into backpacking and hiking and all that stuff, and the one who got organized the trip, he was like, "Dude." You don't have a rain cover. I'm like, what's a rain cover? (laughs) I was like, well, I don't understand. And he's like, you need something to cover your tent. It's it's raining almost every day this trip. I'm like, oh, damn. So I turned to my friend Tom. I'm like, hey, you have a two-person tent, right? (laughs) So I wound up bunking up with him for the next four or five days, which he did not like. But at least I stayed dry.
1: (laughs) You're dry, but there's no secrets inside a two-person tent.
2: Oh my gosh,
1: we we did
2: not like each other for those three days. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it was that was like that was one gear fail. Then another one was this. So the same uncle, I was like, oh, I also need a sleeping pad. You got anything like that? Like again, I didn't I didn't bring a sleeping pad on that like hiking trip I did. So he's like, oh, I think I got something for you, like, and he gave me this like cotton pad, which like cotton is the worst thing. Ever to bring hiking, ever like for anyone who doesn't know that already, like the worst thing. And I, my friend was like, Where did you buy that? And I was like, Oh, my uncle got it for me. Like, he lives in Queens. And he's like, Dude, this is like, you can't sleep on that. And like, the first night I put it down, it literally turned like, a, became a rock. And I was just sleeping on a rock for like 40. I didn't sleep that entire trip, like, not even, even a wink, like from that sleeping bag.
1: Let me ask you, Dylan, did, did your uncle like you? I thought he did until he gave me this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what was the extent of your uncle's backpacking experience or camping? He's experience? never backpacked before. He's never, he's never backpacked
2: before. He's he's camped before. He's definitely camped a bunch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like he probably just went to like Dell water gap by like, right. I got to, like out to like a few hours from the city. And he probably just went there in like a few days and it was like during summertime. So he never had a problem is my guess.
1: Okay. So this is, this is an important point here that those people out there who have done some camping in their past who were maybe thinking of making the transition to backpacking. It's not necessarily the same equipment. Not
2: the same equipment. Also, oh my gosh, trekking poles, man. I, my, my friend, the exact same thing. He was like, dude, you should get trekking poles. I'm actually buying a new set to buy one, get one. Do you want to go in on it with me? And I like, I laughed at him because well, I'm cheap and I like busting his just like messing with him so like i'm like bro, i don't need trekking poles i got two trekking poles right here and i point to my legs i'm like i don't need trekking poles and and then literally i think it was the second day of the hike we're like climb up this steep hill and my knees are killing me he turns back and he like sees me just struggling he's like you need a trekking pole now? <laughs> like, yeah,
1: please. <laughs> yeah. You know what? A lot of first timers out there, they don't, they don't believe the hype on trekking poles. They, I think they're afraid that they're going to look funny using trekking poles or trekking poles are for old people or, or something like that. And they, they don't believe in, uh, in the trekking pole experience, but you know what, doing a long distance hike without trekking poles, that's uh that's a lot tougher than it should be.
2: Yeah. For everything. Like, I feel like it keeps your cadence better. Like takes so much of a load off your knees. Like the, with, with the amount of weight you're carrying. Like, I don't know how people, when I see people without poles, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, why, why do you do this?
1: So Joe, Joe was the friend who had some experience. He's the guy that had the picture on his, his wallpaper, right? He knew what he was doing. Yeah. He's,
2: he's actually from, he's from Phoenix. He's from Arizona. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't, he came to the city for a PA school. So, um, he's, he's done a ton of backpacking before all of this. So that's like every time something happened, he was just like,
1: oh my God, why? Why?" It had had to be a comedy sketch for him. He he probably just had to be laughing pretty hard out there.
2: He was having a ball. Oh my God. He was having too much fun. Just like, and me and Tom were just bickering the whole time because, oh, I didn't even tell you about Tom. So Tom, he, he, so me and my issue was like, I didn't bring enough stuff. He packed so many, so much crap that he just didn't need. Like, I kid you not, he brought jeans, jeans with a belt. And like, on the train, I'm like, and like, as me and Joe see him unpacking his, like, he has so much stuff in his bag. I'm carrying all of his food. So... I'm just like, what the hell? What are you keeping in there, Tom? And he's like taking things out of his bag. And it's like, it's like jeans are in there. He has like shaving cream in there. Like, I'm like, why do you have all these things? And then the the thing that got me the most was um, he had this brush, like this big. I kid you not, it was this big, this brush. And me and Joe are just like, Dude, what are you doing? Who are you? Did a Tinder date out here? Like, what are you doing? Like, what's all like the cosmetic stuff?
1: <laughs> and did he carry that stuff the whole time?
2: Yeah, yeah, he had, he had no choice. See, we, once we once we left, he was just like, we were out for four days. It was like I think we did three nights, four days, or something like that. But um, yeah, he carried it the whole whole time with him. And like, it wasn't until I saw the comb that I was like, Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> like, I'm carrying all your food. <laughs> From that, like, bastard.
1: <laughs> so, of the two off. of you, Dylan or Tom, which which one was uh, the worst off out there in terms of what they brought or didn't bring?
2: Mm, I was probably worst off because <laughs> he had like a nice sleeping pad, he was able to sleep every night. Like, I just, I kid you not, I maybe slept like four hours. Or something like that. Total for like those three days, it was crazy. But I still had an amazing time, which like, which I loved. Like I, which which Joe was so surprised that he was like, "Wait, you want to go again?" <laughs> you just, I just saw you eat it for like three days, four days. Like you really want to go again? But like I don't know, it's something about being being out there is just like such a cool way to like, uh, especially when you're from an area where it's like super very urban and like buildings and concrete and kind of dark trash all over the place, like being in a pristine area like that, I don't know, it's weird, it's like almost ineffable to explain, it's like, you feel like a weird connection, Mm -hmm. like, just to everything, like, it's, it was really cool, so, like, that's what got me hooked, I still, like, even though we had this, even though, I mean, all these fails, and, like, it was brutal, and I was disgustingly out of shape, like, I was, like, really big into weightlifting, I never really ran or anything, so, like, like, I struggled throughout it, but, like, I had a great time.
1: Okay. Now your uncle's tent did not have a rain fly. So you and, and Tom are, are sleeping in the same uh, two person tent. Were, were you big spoon or little spoon?
2: Oh, I'm always big spoon. Yeah.
1: Okay. Sure. All right. Yeah. Just, just check. Yeah. Out. He didn't,
2: he didn't like that. He didn't like that, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and did, did the, did the weather cooperate with you out there? It was, it no, was it fairly nice no. or was it, was it just ever there's some moments. It rained literally almost every day. It rained
2: like the first I think it was four days it rained like the first two and a half days like it rained on us and when we got up to higher elevations it snowed like like when we got to hurricane pass it was it was actually it was honestly pretty scary It it was snowing so hard on us that like it was starting to obscure obstruct like trail and you and you couldn't see where the trail was going. So as we made our way up the pass, like we see the trail fading and fading. So we're like kind of going off and trying different directions and like like we're using we're using the compass and everything, but like there was a bunch of switchbacks we just didn't we just didn't see down the down that uh, mountain. So it was it was fine. Like we were just stressed out because like we don't want to freaking set up camp down here or have to hike back and like set up camp somewhere else. Um, so we were just kept looking and the scary part was like. Like, as we, as we, get would go off, the snow was coming down so hard, it was like covering up our footprints. So we, we were like, oh crap, like, we gotta figure, we gotta get the heck out of here. And luckily, we, we stumbled on the trail and, and like made our way out, made our way out of there. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was dicey for, for a hot suck.
1: Okay. Now, even though that experience sounds like it was a questionable experience I and mean, it wasn't all, all uh, sunlight and rainbows out there. I mean, you had good <sighs> weather issues. Um, but yet you still said to yourself, this is pretty amazing. I, I want, yeah. I want to do something like this again.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, like I said before, like it was like a crazy way to like, I don't know, like that's shit. It's like almost like you t- you're taking like a bath for your soul, and it's just like, oh wow! You come out, and you just feel so much better, and like, it's it's just crazy. Like, I'm, and like not to knock a city or anything, but like when you visit a city, it's a city, you know. Like, it's it's there's bars, there's restaurants, you can go out, nightclubs and stuff like that. But like, and I would say like every, each city has their vibe, especially if you travel like Europe or just different countries. But like, there's something about going out somewhere and just like witnessing like wow. just like a beautiful like alpine lake like in the middle of nowhere and you're the only one there it's like it's pretty cool like not so many people it's nice that you have to earn it too i like i think that's pretty cool although i do yeah. get mad when i see day hikers going when i'm backpacking like damn, there's an easier way.
1: <laughs> you gotta put in the work to see these sites
2: that's what i'm saying yeah like and yeah. everyone has to like everyone has to pay the same amount you know you gotta we all walk the same amount. So I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Now, Fruit Loops, at this time, the time of the Grand Teton National Park uh, trip, mm-hmm. are you still working as a PA? Do you still have your job and you're kind of establishing your yeah. career? And you're, you're putting away some money? Yeah,
2: yeah. This was actually my first year. That was my first year working as a PA, I think, mm-hmm. was at Teton's trip. So that was okay. like four years ago.
1: So yeah. working as a PA, living in the city, making good money, And then making the decision to live in a van and just experience adventure out there firsthand as much as possible. Those are two very different ways of life. Take me through the decision making process that uh, you went through that you said, you know what, I need to make a change in my life. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it was. I'm trying to think of the right words to say this. It was almost like, the best way I can describe it is like, I was doing something to get something else. You know, I wasn't like directly doing what I wanted to be doing. And like, hey, everyone wants to go and travel and like adventure and, and see, maybe not everyone wants to do adventure, but everyone wants to travel. Like everyone says like, oh, I love traveling. Like I want to do that. But like, I truly just wanted to experience new places and like do as many of these hikes as you can. Because like like we, like we talked about, we only get one go around, right? And I want to like, I want to kind of like ring Everything out I can out of like this life I have. So, COVID, like again, like we said, like a real eye opener. And just being in a city like where it's the trend, I don't know, it depends on who you are, everyone's different. But for me, it was, you know, you work during the week, you go out, you party during the weekend, then you come back and you do it all over again. Work during the week, party the weekend. It's like, it's like I just, like I needed, I wanted to do what I wanted to be doing. What I kept saying to myself over like, My last year and a half, two years of working, I was like, I need, I just want to, like, drop everything and just travel. I just want to, like, see and, like, experience all these things. Like, there's so much, I know there's so much out there, like, and I traveled a lot when I could, like, like, as much as I could, but it just didn't feel like enough. So I was like, you know what, like, I'm done, I'm done trading, like, I'm I'm done doing something that, like, like, not that I don't like my job, didn't like my job as a kid, but I'm doing something that I didn't want to be doing every like that much as opposed to just doing what I want to do. And like, I'm young. I don't have like a wife or kids or anything. It's so, like, now's the time to do it. So it was like, I'd rather like make a whole financial decision on all fronts and just leave and live in a van, especially with gas, the way it is, but, um, and like not leave anything on the table, if that makes sense. Like, no, I would rather not regret doing it then. Yeah. Then doing it and being like, oh, I wish I had some extra money.
1: And where, where did you get the van? And and tell us about the conversion. Did you have to convert it with uh, an existing van or did you did you get a van that was already converted?
2: No, I converted an existing van. Uh, van. So I bought it. It was a Nissan NV, which is like not one that's typically converted. Usually they convert like the Ram Promasters, Mercedes Sprinters, or the uh, Ford Transit. Those are the three most common vans to convert but I converted the Nissan NV because it was during that chip shortage and used cars, especially those cargo vans, were so hard to come by and they were like pretty high in price. A lot of them. So I was able to get a good deal on the Nissan NV and it was like a little bit harder for the conversion, but I was able to, I, I converted that. It was like just an empty shell and like watched a ton of YouTube and my uncle's a contractor. So he was able to help me out with like some of the more technical stuff like electric or like, Electric work, electrical work and uh, what's it called? And the plumbing. But, uh, is, this, but yeah. is this the
1: same uncle that gave you the uh, the camping gear?
2: Different uncle. This uncle likes me a little bit more.
1: This, this one likes you. Okay, <laughs> good. good. Got it. I was going to say, if this is the same uncle, you know, hey, you got to be a little bit suspicious, I think.
2: I know. I really have holes in my room. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: So I was, I was talking about this episode uh, a little bit earlier today with some of my family who was over and my nephew said, hey, you've you got to ask, you've got to ask Dylan, what does he miss the most from his regular life, from pre-van life? Now you live in a van. What, what do you miss most? What, what, creature, what creature comfort out there uh, do you kind of pine away for sometimes out in the van? Hmm, let me see. That's tough.
2: Honestly, like, I really, I'm really enjoying myself, <laughs> like, like, people are like, oh, are you lonely, like, this and the other, I'm like, I wake up every day doing whatever I want, so, like, I'm, I, I'm pretty friendly, I can, like, meet, I meet people everywhere I go, I'd say, like, the one creature comfort that I miss, probably a dishwasher, I hate washing dishes, but, yeah, <laughs> kind of lame, but, <laughs> okay, I really
1: good this a dishwasher. Okay, now, do you have a bathroom in your van?
2: do I have a bathroom? Yes, yes, I have a bathroom. It is the Ferrari of Van Toilets. I'm going to get on my pedestal right now because I love this thing so much. It's called like the uh, it's called the Laveo Dry Flush. And this, you know the Diaper Genie like for um,
1: Oh yeah, I know, I know what a Diaper Genie is, yes.
2: Yeah, 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 so like it's the exact same concept except for like your poop. And like you press the button, you do your business, press the button, and it just like vacuum seals it. And be good
1: and then how many how many vacuum sealed poops uh can you can you fit in there before you have to empty out the system
2: depends on how big the poops are but usually 15 per uh 15 per bag and the bags are expensive but it was oh my gosh it was so funny because i i wrote like such a nice like such a crazy review like absurd review for them um and they were like oh my gosh thank you so much for the review like we're gonna send you three new three free bags i'm like yes like Another seventy, another what is that? Three free bags, another 45 poops. Like, but um yeah, that's how I that's how I do the business.
1: Nice. Hey, throw out the name there one more time. What what's the, the brand name? LaVeo Dry Flush Toilet. LaVeo Dry Flush Toilet Spokesperson. That's who we're talking to right here. Fruit Loops. Yeah, I was talking. Did they give you did they give you a <laughs> did they give you a sticker to put on the side of your van? I might ask him for one, honestly.
2: Like the guy was super cool. I was like emailing with the president of the company. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's, it's so funny how we were things bringing. My mom's like, you're going to be a toilet spokesperson now. Like, you went from being a PA and now you speak for, on behalf of toilet companies. like, what? Whoever <laughs> pays the bills, you know, it's not paying me anything. But
1: <laughs> Well, it's, it's providing a service for you. Yeah, right. All right. So tell us about some of the places you've visited in your van. Where has where, where this van life allowed you to roam?
2: Yeah, so I, um, I decided to head straight out to Utah from New York, so my dad was nice enough to like, accompany me from New York to Colorado, like help me drive out, and then in Utah I hit Capitol Reef, uh, Canyonlands, Arches, and Escalante, Capitol Reef, Canyonlands, Arches, Escalante, yeah, I hit those four, and then... I did California, where I did Kings Canyon, Yosemite, and one more that I can't remember the name of. And then I went to I did Oregon. I did uh, the tim- part of the Timberland Trail. And, um, and Washington was awesome. I did Olympic National Park. I did uh, North mm-hmm. Coast Trail, uh-huh. doing like Shy Beach and you know, all that good stuff. And then I did um, the Enchantments, like Enchanted Valley. I'm not sure if you have heard that one. But that was a amazing. Mm-hmm. Hike. And uh, my last spot was Vancouver Island, where I actually didn't do as much. I did some hiking at Pacific uh, National Reserve, Pacific Rim National Park, or Provin- provincial park for, for the Canadians. Um, and I actually surfed like the last week, so I was just like,
1: Why not? Nice. Does your van? Did your van include a surfboard?
2: No, no, it didn't come with a surfboard for whatever reason. Like, I was I was pretty upset about that, but I was able to rent one in on the island, so okay. that's good.
1: <laughs> All right. Now, when you're not in a national park, um, where where do you where do you park your van overnight? How does that work? So I yeah, so typically I I only go for free campsites because trying to fall on a budget.
2: So I usually good spots for that are anywhere that allows for dispersed camping. So like national Forest are great, uh, BLM land. Um, I use this app called like iOverlander, which is pretty solid. It basically gives you like um a complete like just downloadable map of all the free sites in your area. And then you can also like sort by like water sources or um bathrooms, or showers, or Wi-Fi and all that stuff. Um, so basically I just try to stay at free sites. Okay, yeah, while I'm while I'm van living.
1: All right. Hey, what's uh what's the next adventure for, for Fruit Loops out there? What do you what do you got in your sites? Okay, so here's the game plan. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I am all right, get get ready. So I am
2: Applying for locum gigs, like, so it's like a travel PA, you know, travel nursing, where they mm-hmm. can, like, it's yeah. basically a contract work, so I signed up, um, I put my name for a locum's agency, so I'm hoping that I can get a job in, like, California or something, and hopefully I'll start around October, November, and then work for three months, and I pay you really well, and then after that, I'll either, like, extend for a month or so, or I will just go to South America, and I want to, I want to, like to be in South America for like
1: six months, maybe a year, depending on how much money I spend. Now, yeah, what I is what I is that. the draw of South America? What do you want to do in South America? So I want to just hit like a lot of the big hikes. So like, obviously, Patagonia, I want to do
2: a bunch of Bolivian salt flats. Guatemala has some amazing volcano hikes that look amazing, like look sick. And then um, Machu Picchu, all that like that, some of that touristy stuff. But I want to do just like do that. And then also... I have a lot of, fa- I'm half Chilean, so I have a lot of family throughout Chile, Chile, so I would love to, like, reconnect with a bunch of them along the way and hopefully become fluent in Spanish. Like, I already speak it pretty well conversationally, so it'd be awesome to be, like, fluent in it perfectly. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I was like, I was like, oh, South that would be good. Save some money. Hopefully, if I, if I still want to surf, I can find some sick surf spots out there, and that was
1: my nice. uh, that's my plan. Nice. Yeah. Reconnecting with your heritage out there. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> awesome. Now, I know you've been working on, on something called Wonderfar. You want to tell us a little bit about Wonderfar? What is that?
2: Yeah. 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 So it's a it's my like it's my website. It's like a blog slash website or whatever you want to call it. And basically what I my vision I had for it was it's kind of just inspire people without that kind of background with like similar backgrounds to me, like living in a city or an urban area or even a suburban area, like without much exposure to the outdoors to kind of try to get out there and do it. Um, like we've talked about, like, I definitely bumbled on my way through like getting through the outdoors. And I know like, like for me, I was, I'm, I was fine suffering a little bit and like still enjoying it, but some people like with a bad experience, they wouldn't, they would not want to go back to doing something like that, you know? So I think like to provide the knowledge and like, just like some of the mistakes I've made along the way, like if people can learn from that or they can get any sort of utility out of that, then I think that'd be pretty cool. And like, it's given me so much like hiking and backpacking and this, like these new interests and hobbies, like, it'd be cool to share that with others, like be a Joe for other people in my, uh, in the world.
1: Nice. And what is the, what's the web address for the website? It's www.wonderfar2rs.com. Not Wonderful. two R's two
2: spelled R's. out like that.
1: Two R's, yeah. Don't forget that second R. We paid Got a lot it. for that R. Got <laughs> it, fantastic. Well, hey, we want to wish you the very best uh, out there and all your adventures and on your website. Hope it's very productive for you. And Thank uh, you, groups, you know where we are right now? Where are you? Where, where are we? We are on a computer screen. We are on a computer screen, <laughs> but we're also <laughs> at... The Pro Tip Insight of the Week. That's right. It's time for the Pro Pro Tip Insight of the Week. What uh, bit of trail wisdom do you have to share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better?
2: Okay. And this should go, like, if you're already into hiking and backpacking, this may sound like, duh, like, obviously do this, but I would say have a set gear list and test out every single piece of gear before you do it, like, before you go out there. Just because, like, when you're out there, you're kind of out there, and you don't have crappy time on the trail. Like you want to be, like you said, a combination of comfort and uh, well, you want to be as you want to be as comfortable as you can while not killing yourself with the weight. So I would say have a clear set laminated. And I have like a laminated list of all things I need. I'm just like okay, check. And like whenever I get a new piece of gear, I always like
1: I'll test it out and make sure it works and it's like actually usable. So that's my very wise. And you're, you're learning from your own experience there because you don't want to take a tent from your favorite uncle and uh, try it out for the very first time, you know, 10, 12 miles into the hike and realize that there's no rain fly.
2: Oh, my gosh. He's not my favorite uncle anymore. Sorry, Uncle Eddie. You're <laughs> done. Uncle Eddie. Uncle, <laughs> uncle Eddie.
1: Eddie. Nice. I'm glad we, I'm glad we put a, a name to, to uncle. Very good. Let him know. All right. <laughs> So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Fruit Loops. Want to thank him for joining us this week, uh, Dylan. How can our listeners keep up with you on social media, and where can they find updates on your latest adventures?
2: Yeah, yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram. i um, at wonderfar. I don't know just at wonderfar. W o n w o n d e r f um, a r r, and the website as well. But usually I post more so like more generic, like hiking, like Tricks, tricks stuff like that um if you're a beginner or a newer hiker if you're pretty experienced i don't know how much you use to find that in there but
1: yeah do you post mostly pictures or you have uh, mostly videos I, t- I was taking a cruise through your through your instagram earlier and it's pretty <laughs> unique hey,
2: not different <laughs> um yeah it's it's mostly videos the reason being because like i'm pretty sure instagram's uh um What's it called? They put up, they've been putting a priority on prioritization on like reels as opposed to just like uh, single one off pictures. So I was just like, well, if I want to like try to gain more traction, like road traffic driving to the website, I decided to just be posting reels all the time um, just because like they want to be more like TikTok. So I figured okay, that's what they want.
1: Like, okay. Do that. <laughs> Fruit Loops is out there gaming the algorithm. Nice job.
2: Yeah, I'm try- trying now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Hey, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh Fruit Loops, you have a TikTok out there too?
2: Yeah, I think it's also at Wonderfar. Okay. Same thing. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. why we got the second R. One R was taken.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. And also if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at John at gmail.com. The address recommendation. Mm-hmm. All right, Dylan. Hey, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, website, some kind of outdoor adventure media to keep our listeners connected to the trail. We call this our Adventure Media Recommendation. What do you have for us? Ooh, hold on, wait. Let
0: me think about that one first.
2: You know, it's actually a really good one. Have you ever... um, I only saw the movie, but the book is supposed to be really good, too. Uh, It's called... (laughs) wild it's like that chick who i don't remember who's the actress but she like she goes to, try to hike the pct and like she tries to put on her pack, like one of the opening scenes like she tries to put on her pack and she like she literally falls just about <laughs> she falls backwards like group all the weight on it and like she literally has to start like emptying her pack out like i, I thought that was pretty cool like it's a nice way to see like uh like anyone yeah, can do it
1: it's walking was that something you could relate to
2: Oh yeah. I've like related to that hard. I was like, I was like, you know, like, I love that. Like just get out there, hike, try to be as safe as possible. Right. But Mm -hmm. um, like anyone can do it. Yeah.
1: That was, that was uh, Reese Reese Witherspoon in in a book written by Cheryl Strayed. And, you know, she was as, as, as a lot of people are that are, that are hiking 2,600 miles at a time, you know, she was (laughs) dealing with some personal demons and trying to sort some things out in her life. So uh, yeah, some really interesting stories talking to to folks who are taking on challenges like that. Is that something that might interest you in the future, doing something uh, of a you know a thousand mile, two thousand mile hike? Honestly, yeah. Like if I had, like, I'm just so like I'm a psycho, and I'm just like I'm always like I want to
2: maximize like my time doing everything. So like part of me is just like I want to just see the highlights. Like if I could just see most of the highlights of it, I'd be cool. But like after meeting those PCT hikers on like in Ray Lakes, I was like wow damn that's pretty cool but i'm scared now because like if i do one i'm gonna want to do all three like i know i'm gonna want to do all three i know because i'm a psycho but um i don't know we'll see maybe maybe we'll do something like short like the jmt or something
1: can you Thought imagine can you imagine what your father would say to you you tell him hey i'm gonna walk from mexico to canada <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're just <be> like why <laughs> why <laughs> why are you doing this <laughs> So funny!
1: <laughs> what have
2: we not asked you?
1: All right, hey, and before we wrap things up, I've just got one more segment for you called "What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About?" What What do we leave off today? What do we miss? What are,
2: What do we leave off today? Hmm. Let me see. Oh my gosh! I'll talk, I can give you a funny story. Okay. Let me, let me give you like one of my nightmare van life stories. Okay. Perfect. So I was. I was driving into a motel because I had friends visiting me and they wanted to, we wanted to stay, in, it was in between our backpacking trip uh, doing the North Coast and Olympic. So I, so my, usually my van clears nine foot, like one inch. Usually that's its clearance, right? So I was going through this like little tunnel thing up going to the motel parking lot and it was on an incline and I kind of turned into this tunnel and as i'm i see it's nine foot two so i'm like oh nine one will be perfect as i turned i straight up ripped my solar panel off the the, my the roof so like thank god it was only like four small holes where each of the screws were but i was just like it was late at night i was like what the hell am i going to do so throw back to walmart story I went to Home Depot with one of my buddies or two of my buddies. And we, I straight up bought $400 worth of power tool. I don't have have like a drill gun in the van or like the things I need to fix, like talk or any of that stuff. So like I bought the tools I needed to fix. They needed to do needed to fix that. Like those the holes, the hole in the roof. And I went up, I like sealed me and my friend, like sealed the, the holes we were able to re-drill new screws, and we re like talked the entire thing so that it was like blocked off and sealed. And then I returned everything back to back to Home to you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a bad dude, I swear. I'm just. <laughs> I, 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 noticed, I, noticed a,
1: I noticed a pattern here, Dylan. Oh my gosh!
2: <laughs> 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 I'm not that. Oh, I'm pretty cheap, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't got much money coming in, so I gotta do what we gotta do. Sorry, gotta to do people. what you gotta
1: do. All right,
2: don't, hey, don't a... text me, Brenda,
1: <laughs> or me, or me. Yeah, but I don't want to see anything in my DMs. <laughs> All right, hey, that's a wrap from the John Freaky Mirror Studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, fruit Loops? Um,
2: thanks, Dad, for not being too upset with me. Um, Thanks, Kiara, for letting me use her headphones, and well, that's about it. <laughs> Love you all, and to the next time. See you next time.
1: Is Kiara, is she into the van life as well?
2: No, no, no. She doesn't live in the van. She doesn't live in the van.
1: <laughs> she does not. We, uh, she lives in the city still. So, but, um, yeah. Nah. <laughs> are, are you, are you going to convert her? Probably. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm thinking about, honestly, like, getting
2: rid of the van. Cause I'm just a little afraid of South America. Like I'm not sure uh, how smart of an idea would be to, like leave something like that, like out there for that long. I don't know how like safe is. I don't know there's dangerous places all over, but I'll say about getting like a Jeep and just converting it, make it
1: downsizing a little bit, and, like converting, like make a little top top and stuff like that. But, is yeah, the problem. plan then to drive the Jeep or the van down to South America? Yeah. Oh man. That's another episode right there. We need to, we need to have you back on and, and hear about that trip. I would love to come back on and tell you all about Okay. This.
2: Hopefully, I promise you'll have more stories. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Hopefully I'm
2: not hey. returning as much things. But.
1: <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm not holding my breath on that one.
2: <laughs> smart man. Doc. smart man.
1: All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you're facing another night of being the big spoon in the tent with Tom. The trail. Hard times. The trail. Embrace the suck.
0: I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark Podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents, anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasin' the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.